0: Full pilot license by virtue and in pursuance of the Tyne Pilotage Order Confirmation Act 1865, the Tyne Pilotage Commissioners have caused to be examined John Bone, an applicant to them for a pilot license, for the purpose of ascertaining his skill, knowledge, and experience in relation to the navigating, piloting, and conducting of vessels to and from and throughout any part of the Tyne Pilotage District comprising the whole of the River Tyne and extending seaward over a radius of seven miles, and having found him to be fully qualified to act as a pilot within the said district, do hereby license and authorize the said John Bone to act in the capacity of pilot for navigating, piloting and conducting vessels
1: The Tyne is the great river of England's northeast. Down it come the industrial products of the region, and on its banks stand the industrial towns of Tyneside. Newcastle, Wall's End, Tyne Gateshead, Jarrow and South Shields. South Shields is on the southern lip of the river mouth, at the entrance to the river. The riverside district of South Shields is known as the Law, and from it there's a good view of the harbour, the bar, the entrance to the river, the north and south piers, the lighthouses, the memorial to Admiral Collingwood on the northern bank, the weather-scored rock known as the bust of Queen Victoria, the grine with its jangling bell and flashing lights, the herd sands on the south and the dark rocks on the north side, the black middens, the burial ground for many a ship. Inside the bar, the river is wide and deep and can take great ships like the Berengaria of 54,000 tonnes or the Sirius, which weighs 65,000 tonnes. Yet even though there are huge cargo vessels on the river, pilotage is not compulsory for them, only for passenger ships. However, most of them do avail of the service offered by the Tyne Pilotage Authority. The Tyne pilots are a group whose knowledge of the river and navigational skills have been acquired and perfected over the years. Ships weigh anchor about two miles out to sea. Here they are boarded by a pilot who brings the ship in and up the river to one of the Tyne docks. Again, when the ship is leaving, he steers her course out into the North Sea. For three centuries, pilotage and navigation on the Tyne were controlled by the brethren of Trinity House, Newcastle. The origins of the fraternity are clouded in obscurity, but they were in all probability a religious order whose work consisted of aiding distressed and aged mariners. Subsequently, They concentrated on improving navigational possibilities and developing the river. Henry VII was so impressed on a visit to the city that he gave them permission to collect dues from ships using the river and authorized that the money be spent on freeing the river from sand and silt. Henry VIII extended their power by granting them a charter of incorporation and subsequently they acquired exclusive rights on the river. They controlled the traffic and the income marked the river, erected beacons, maintained lighthouses and examined, appointed and paid the river pilots. They exercised a rigid discipline and pilots were punished for inefficiency or neglect of duty by fines, suspensions or the ultimate penalty, the withdrawal of their pilot's licence. In the 1860s a dispute arose between the pilots and the members of Trinity House. On the administration of funds, and the payment of salaries. As this was just the culmination of a series of bitter rows between the two sides, the government of the day decided to take action, and in 1865 passed the Tyne Pilotage Act. This removed all power from Trinity House, and passed it on to a commission. Trinity House is gone, but its work remains. The harbour is safe and sheltered, and it stands as the gateway for the commerce of the north-east, and the school of pilotage they founded flourishes. Today, there are four cutters on the river. The pilot cutters are the boats that take the pilots to and from the ships. In the days of Trinity House, there was a long-standing dispute as to whether the brethren or the pilots should fund these boats. The Hadrian is one of four pilot boats on the river. It was waiting at the jetty to take a pilot to a Swedish ship, the Isabella. The skipper, is Ken
2: Basically, the, the job itself entails putting pilots on board ingone vessels and ships sailing at the same time. Uh, in, in particular, uh, the majority of ships are boarded outside, uh, mainly the, the larger vessels, foreign going vessels, haven't been here before. Uh, more well known vessels, regular runners to the harbor, tend to come straight inside and board pilots inside. Uh, it's not a compulsory port, except in the case of passenger ships. Uh, in this case, of course, by insurance purposes, all, uh, all passenger ships must take a pilot. We'll have three cutters, although only one at any given time is working. Uh, we'll have a crew of uh, a skipper and two deckhands, four crews all together. Uh, the port, of course, is open all the year round, and the cutters work 24 hours a day. We work eight hours on. 24 hours off uh, which means we never get a weekend free except in uh, holiday periods
3: Sometimes the river town gets rough and Wesley Gales and that and uh, well if you didn't get the right side of a ship to tow under the lee side sometimes you couldn't tow uh, alongside the pilot would put you over aft get your rope over aft so the stern of the ship so you you didn't get the jump in the water and that because you can get it rough and uh, cause mind you, if you weren't well lapped up in your oil skins and, yeah, you were well wet sometimes you were wet too before you started your job especially if you, you got a ship uh, going up to Pila Main to tie up the stairs there well, you, it's about, uh, you can say from the, the rotor station here to Pila Main is about uh, 8 miles
2: Mainly it's a, it's a fiberglass boat as compared to wood on the other cutters. Uh, we have on here it's a twin screw twin engine cutter as compared to one engine on the other boats. It's uh, caterpillar engines compared to gardener engines. And of course, mainly the big difference is the speed. Uh, we can do oh, 18, 19, up to 20 knots in this new cutter as compared to 7 or 8 in the older boats. Uh, the handling, of course, is a, a lot different. It, Whether it being new, it takes a bit of getting used to. It has hydraulic steering, as compared to all manual on the other boats.
1: What kind of a river is this river to walk on? What is particular or different about it?
2: Well, the main, the main difference, of course, is, is well, at least compared to the northeast coast, it's the only river that stays open all the year round, regardless of weather conditions as uh, some of the other ports are closed on account of bad weather, this one stays open all the time. Uh, of course that doesn't mean to say that uh, entering in bad weather is easy, it's by far means it's uh, very difficult at times, but nevertheless it stays open all the year round.
3: Well I went in the tugs at, uh, I was 13 and a half. that was in 19, 1916, in June, and uh from there I did twelve months in a tug called Eddy Stone and looking for sailing ships and I left that tug and uh I went to sea in the Collier called the Lampeda. I had three trips down to London of a place called Perfleet, discharging coal from Tyne Dock. And I come home again and uh the son for us to go join a tug called the Thames. So I went in the togs again and I, and I finished my time in the, the Thames, the, the Flying Squad, the Australia and the Contest. But the Australia was the last tug I was in. She was a seeker. She, what they called seeking, they used to go to, to sail looking for sailing ships. What does seeking for sailing ships mean? Uh, well, the sailing ships used to come away from Norway, Sweden, uh Finland, and they used to sail across the North Sea. You see, a load of pit props and timber, barks and schooners and brigs, uh, three mast schooners, uh, uh, what they call of uh, topsail schooners, uh, what they call Dutch galleots. They used to call them. You to get about five pound each of them to tow them into the harbour pool, or shields wherever they come into to dock, and any part of the river, like.
2: It's the north and south piers, the, the breakwater walls, uh, as I say, these, these two stone piers form a, a marvellous breakwater in all weather conditions, making what is normally called a, a safe harbour. Uh, anchorage, an anchorage place on majority of ships is mainly to the north, northeast of the north pier. This is a, the safe anchorage on the majority of shipping. We'll have a wreck buoy to the southard Two or three wrecks lying down there. There's a green marker boy down there.
1: Now, does it get a bit more choppy? We're 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 practically leaving the harbour now and oh, getting out into the open
2: sea, and I can see that the boat is is dipping more and yes, rising uh, higher. So uh, obviously, of course, I had to get across the bar. Well, on the bar itself is the worst place of all, particularly in bad weather. This is where you get you know a really confused sea. You know, it tends to come from all directions, not just one given source of course once across the bar it tends to ease up quite a bit then and you get you know uh, your swell is more directional whether it's from the southern from the east or from the north but uh, it's more directional you can come well you can combat it more with the board
1: yes no, oh, it's really rocking
2: now. It's getting very, very bumpy. Is it th- that ship over there? That's waiting for a pilot. Yes, that ship's waiting for a pilot. He's doing this afternoon sometime. Yes. Uh, if you stop down long enough, you'll probably see it. I'll increase speed now. We're just being going down about a 78 knots there. Uh-huh. I now increase the speed up to about 18 knots. If you just hold tight. And you see how this boat reacts in the heavy smell.
3: I was in there about the six weeks. We made four trips down to London. In there. It used to take you uh, about eight or nine days then to go down to London because uh, you run through the day and you drop your anchor at night time. You hove your anchor up, you run down as fast as Flambera Head, drop your anchor, uh, go down to Yarmouth Roads, drop your anchor there. If it was dark, if it was daylight, you carried on. You got up the Thames and uh, when he got up the Thames, I was lying back and back Boys. I was for two or three days before I wanted to cross to the other side of the, called Poor Fleet. I used to go and discharge there. But uh, I got a job there, fifth hand, uh, 18 and six months a week. Uh, that was for uh, seven days a week, 18 and six months. That was in the First World War. I finished up uh, in the same tug. They give us a rise, they give us a half a crown rise. I uh, 21 and sixpence a week, after, after I did about 18 months in Hawa.
2: That ship's about a mile and a half. That's just safe anchorage. I'll just take a run off and see how she looks closer.
1: You know the nationality of the ship out there, what country?
2: No, I'm not sure offhand. Uh, our watch of course, which are the shore base for the pilots, uh, they have all the information required up there. Uh, as to the nationality of the ship, uh, the size, the tonnage, all this is taken into consideration before the ship comes in harbour.
4: None down the or aboard the tershia.
2: Well, that's good that's yes, as good as my name, Mr. Johnson. Uh, I believe Keith took the fenders off for the intention of this cutter going up on the slip. Uh, the reason why I just don't know, but I haven't seen any of the fenders since then.
0: Board. I will pass
2: on the user until I get these, uh, these tires back. Yeah, I will do. This ship's about to three quarters of a mile ahead of us. It looks much closer, mind you. Oh, it is much closer, I guess. yes. Yes, th- that's just deception now. It's, uh, it's very deceiving, of course, uh, particularly at night time with, with shipping. Uh, what looks might, what, what, what might look like a big ship in the distance turns out to be a small ship with a, a big superstructure, you know, a high superstructure, this type of thing, a high bridge. On the other hand, what might appear to be a small ship is a hell of a lot bigger when it gets closer, you know.
1: South Shields is the pilot's town, and the law district is their home. The pilot master's office and the watchtower are on the law top. The pilots, in their dark blue uniforms, can be seen drinking in the pubs on the Law Road. Traditionally, they have lived in red brick terraces in the area, in Shadwell Street, Greens Place and Bloomer's Terrace. Amongst the townspeople, they acquired an elite status because of their courage, skills and river knowledge. Trinity House encouraged the close shop mentality and the pilots developed into a tightly knit community. They intermarried and pilot families emerged porvis Chambers, Byrne, Leslie, Phillips, Young and others. The world of the Tyne pilots was the coast, the bar, the tides, the shoals, the sandbanks, inlets and outlets. The river is subject to sudden squalls and life and shipping are most in danger in an ebbing tide and an east wind.
5: Once I'm aboard it's, it's my responsibility to navigate the ship safely from outside appears to birth in the river and uh, it's just, that's it in a
1: nutshell Is getting on board is it a real worry for you at particular times of the year there's a real danger
5: to life Well no there shouldn't be because uh, your own common sense if it's too bad then we don't do it you know because uh, there's no sympathy if you're lost in a gale and they'll just turn around and say well he was a bloody fool for trying to jump for the ladder or something. Like that. and the skipper of the boat comes into it as well he won't uh, jeopardise the boat or he's lads, either, you know. So it's common sense. We go out and have a look in bad weather, and if it's if it's not on, then we just the ship has to wait.
4: Well, it certainly was very interesting. The pilots were always a very uh, respected sect of the community. This was probably because people realised that the job uh, was a was a very difficult job, and uh, I think the pilots themselves used to enjoy this. Uh, uh, this um, sort of elitist position they had. Um, certainly, in the earlier days, if, if most of the history books refer to them as as almost heroes because of the, in those days the the standards of the vessels they used weren't weren't uh, weren't that safe, weren't that seaworthy. Modern day vessels, uh, pilot vessels, are much more powerful and much safer, of course. But certainly, in the older days, the pilots themselves were um, was certainly a very respected. Uh, section of the community they uh, separated themselves to a degree uh, they uh, one thing I always remember was they you 'd often see them uh, they used to they seemed to enjoy keeping their uniforms on in places like pubs and I remember one pilot who had a he always wore a a, a white silk scarf i didn 't remember seeing any of the others, but this particular one i don 't i don 't recall his name at all, but he was an elderly pilot and he used to always wear this white silk scarf. Oh struck me as being a, a chap who enjoyed being a pilot to the full.
6: When the sea is running high and the tempest sweeps the sky and the night is closing in all dark and dreary, oh when the world is all asleep then a sharp lookout we keep for the mariner with watching worn and weary, oh For no matter how it blows, how it rains or how it snows, we are always right and ready, quick and handy, oh. And when danger is to brave... Are a human life to save. All oh, the South Shields the pilots are the dandies. Oh, all oh, The South Shields pilots are the dandies.
5: Oh. My grandfather was a pilot, and my father was a pilot. He just retired about three months ago, four months ago. So yeah, we go back all of them do now uh, it's only this month in fact today they're examining two chaps from Siem. Uh Siam's finished as a port really well although they've got one pilot left there but they came here and uh, we're examining them as time pilot they're the first outsiders really For well, how look, many
1: how many years
5: well well I suppose since the beginning and I wouldn't I couldn't say offhand it would have to, how many you'd have years? to look it up just uh, the families, were, I presume at the beginning, were fishermen, way, way back, and uh, they would be brought aboard ships just to give them a, a hand in, and it built up from them. Uh, put a date on it, I don't know, but there's books going way, way back, 1800s, 1700s.
0: The resolution of Trinity House, which directed that the pilotage should be confined to the relatives of those who had always followed that occupation, has been, and still is, strictly adhered to. As a group, they focused their minds on their daily bread and the pleasure they could knock out of life. They trod the same streets, congregated at the same corners, and saw the same faces almost daily within the prescribed area of the law and the cobble landing. As pilots, they had a certain station in life, and from their vantage point on the bank top, they would watch from a low stone parapet above Shadwell Street, the foy boatmen, sailors, and others in a more lowly stage of worldly advancement.
4: Names like uh, Stevenson's and the Purvises, and they were all family names. the The pilots uh, passed their. Uh, uh, there was a son of a pilot who always got the job as the next pilot, and um, it went like that. The, the, the North Shields never had any pilots, and I think this was probably because uh, the. Um, because of the river, the r- river provided a natural dividing line and, and obviously wanted to keep it uh, as, close a com- as close a community as possible, and this is why it wouldn't spread over into into North Shields. Well,
1: what is the attraction of the job? Why has it attracted generation after generation?
5: Uh, I don't know.
1: Well, in your own case now?
5: Uh, well, the alternatives for me, I went to sea first and the alternatives are staying at sea or coming ashore, a so-called ashore, and doing this. And uh, sea is not such a good way to make a living, being away from home a long time, Uh, although the money's very good. Uh, So you sort of forgo the the top money and you come ashore for this sort of job, which is not bad money. Uh, And It doesn't interest everybody, but it interests me, and I still keep in touch with ships. And uh, and shipping people who are like uh, I'm not. A sh- it's not a sure job. I'm my own boss. We're all self-employed. Uh, just licensed to the authority. So you know, I-, I go out and do this job totally on my own. I don't answer to anybody. That's a great attraction. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Listen, uh, nine out of ten jobs are-, are good and go well, and then the odd one, the tenth one. This might be it. I don't know. She so might break down. Uh, and we have problems
1: what can happen bringing your ship in
5: well she could pack the engines could stop uh,
0: his, a, on the, port
5: side. the rudder the, the steering gear could malfunction uh, either of those would uh, stop me from navigating as I want to up the channel and then for you you've got to say well what are we going to do put an anchor down or take some sort of course try your best to minimise the damage or save the ship putting an anchor down might save it stop her. Uh That sort of thing couldn't go wrong. Uh, There's always errors of judgment. It'll always be that, especially in a lot of wind. We work with the elements, wind and tide, uh, fog. All these things come into it at some time. But like today, it's calm. There's there's very little wind. There's no fog. So uh, pilot error shouldn't come into it. But we could get a breakdown. or uh, We've got to turn the ship round up the river. She's fairly lengthy, so... Anything can happen. You've just got to be on the ball, and your your own. Uh, the pilot is the man who's done it a few times. is experienced, and it's not so much what what you know; it's it's what to look for that might go wrong. You've got to have it in your mind all the time. What might go wrong? It doesn't always, uh, but that's what makes a good pilot. I think.
4: This is a more recent story. There's a on the on the North Shield side of the river. The ferry landing uh, was demolished twice uh, in the last ten years by bouncer. Uh, because of his uh, slight malfunction with his judgment, shall we say, when he was bringing the ship out. I was down there one time uh, on the North Shield side when uh, I went down to, to get the ferry and the the ferry landing was about 20 yards downstream. Uh, it wasn't even attached to the land and Bouncer had, had been there again. This was the second time he'd uh, uh, made a mistake with his ship that he was taking out and he had uh, completely demolished the landing. Most of the pilots have names, and uh, uh, these often referred to the, 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 the these nicknames they had were to do with the habits that they often had because of such a close community that they were. There, there's a, there's one particular man who was nicknamed Hang Gallus, Gallus being the name for the Jordan name for braces, and uh, he never he always had his braces attached to his trousers, but they never had him hung over his shoulders.
0: Purvis, Dolls Eye. Killjoy Spoilsport Horses Heed Over the Shoe Tops Scratchy Clagger Double Injun Petty Duffy Connor, Offner Grapes Sawyer's Bob
1: The river itself, the harbour, is it regarded as a particularly easy harbour to walk or a difficult one?
5: It's not a difficult harbour. Um, just navigating it is not difficult. It's... Uh, the, the the pilotage really comes in with the deeper, bigger ships. They're always trying to stretch the limits of the port with bigger ships. And uh, the average traffic uh, performs pretty well in here. Uh, sh- shouldn't cause any headaches. But it, that's easy for me to say because I've uh, been on the river a long time. But you've got to know depths of water and you can't just come bombing in with a ship anytime, especially deep loaded ships. You have to know depths of water and... Uh, and the further up you get the, the, the shallower it is so your problems get different now we're, we're leaving the harbour now getting out yeah of the we're altitude. on the bar now uh, the ship's away to the north a couple of miles we'll be running off to it
4: there's two beacons that are, are, are in height about 25 feet they stand about 50 feet apart and at night in the olden days uh, a fire was placed on the top of each beacon and a ship entering towards the river would look for the beacons and he would see two fires and then he would look to t- to get the two, he would position his ship so as to get the two in line. When he saw this, he knew that his ship was online for entering the river. So it was a primitive form of lighthouse.
1: What was the worst experience you had uh, in your period now as a pilot?
5: Well, I can only bring one. I haven't... I've been here now four years. And it was with a, a smaller ship which often is the case and uh, we were coming down the river to Albert Dock which is a you have to go through some locks to get into Albert Dock and I started off with the ship from Newcastle and it, the wind didn't seem too bad up there but when we got down to the lower reaches of Albert Dock in that reach it was blown a hooligan down there it was really a gale of wind and I had no business being let go from the quay I should have been back up at Newcastle but I couldn't then and we had to do our best. It meant going across the wind to get into Albert Dock and uh, it was quite worrying. I hit the dock fairly hard, no damage but you know it, it went out the ordinary. Then in the dock we were adrift with the wind as well. It was uh, a nasty day. But that's, that was only after about 18 months here and now I know when to go and when not to go. But you can be caught, winds can come up when you you make a start and the job's uh, easy, the wind's calm. but. Halfway through, that, uh, the wind comes up and and you're away again. That's the only one I can bring to mind. A lot of worry. You're, you're constantly on the alert, which is stress, because uh, you don't want anything to go wrong. But...
0: November the 3rd, 1870. This morning, as the SS Alice, a trader between the Tyne and Grangemouth, was entering the Tyne, she struck a pilot coble containing three pilots and cut her in halves. The men were precipitated into the sea, and before assistance could be rendered, one of them, James Stewart, was drowned. October the 14th, 1838. A coble belonging to Shields, with five pilots, left colour coats, and on trying to make Shields harbour, the boat upset and they were all drowned. The shrieks of the sufferers were heard by sentries on duty at the battery, but they could not render any assistance.
4: There's a very interesting story about a, a pilot called... Um... Tully. Uh, he was known, known as Lucky Tully. Uh, he had this, uh, this competitive uh, attitude towards pilot. This is because, before the, uh, the, uh, the pilotage authority became a company. These days, um, uh, a ship, before it entered the river, would apply to the, uh, the pilot master. Uh, the pilot master would assign a, a pilot to bring in the ship. And it, the money for the service would go into a pool where the pilots would all um, reap the, bened- the equal benefit. But in the olden days, before it was a single company, when each pilot was in, in competition, this man Tully is, is said to have been uh, one of the most successful um, pilots. And the, the, the story is that he had a sister with a, with a crooked eye, a turn in her eye, and she would stand by the, the pilot cobble landing and a pilot coming down to to uh, to go out to fetch in a ship would look at the this woman with a crooked eye and immediately think that th- there was a lot of bad luck around because of this this eye, and he would turn back. So then the, the sister of Tully would uh, the, Tully would go out to the um, to the ship and bring it in.
1: Is the taking in easier than the bringing out, or
4: no? not. no
5: difference. Look, you can't say that. In fact. the... Uh, that we get jobs moving around, dry docking ships can be just as hazardous as coming off the quay and going into a dry dock. You're not either going in or coming out, but if it's a lot of wind and a big ship, then you've got a few problems. Uh, no, uh, coming in is probably a little more hazardous in that you've got to, you can't just come belting in, you've got to come easy because you've got to remember to stop the ship somehow and get her alongside without damaging it. Coming out, once you're around the last corner, and your tugs are away, you can put a bit more speed on because you're going to sea anyway and you can get her out. Uh, But coming in, you have to come uh, cautiously in uh, so as not to get too much speed because that's the biggest problem with heavy ships is getting them stopped. There's no brakes. uh, You come astern on the engines, but not only does that just uh, slow you down, that twists the ship as well. Because it's a propeller, it, uh, it has forces transfers trust and it moves the ship sideways too so you get into all kinds of problems if you've got way on you, a lot of way.
1: The pilots have been paid differently in different times how are they paid today?
4: Well the pilots are paid um, by uh, they have a common pool they have a pool of, of uh, money when as I said before when, when a ship comes into the river uh, that money goes to the Tyne Pilotage Authority uh, and it's much more orderly than it used to be. Uh, it ceases to be competitive uh, in in the hunt for ships to bring them in. Now it's uh, it's much more um, much easier for them to earn a respectable living without them having to worry about being beaten like people like Tully. His uh, his type is long since gone. Well,
5: we're, we're only supposed to come out two miles. That's our licensed district. Uh, sometimes you get a, a stranger lying out a bit further. We'll, depends on what's happening. We'll go out for him if he's a bit nervous. But uh, two miles is the uh, the district. That's the pilot area. This
1: one here now coming up. The Swedish ship is approximately two yeah. miles out.
5: Well, maybe not. Yeah, maybe yeah, a mile and a, a half. About a hard mile to and a say. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's quite a nice and easy going alongside. Of course, it's always easier to board a ship underway than a one at anchor, such as this.
1: Why is he anchored
2: here now? Well, he's waiting. It's his own decision. Ah, yes. Well, he's waiting uh, for his entering time, entering the harbour. Uh, the pilot's going aboard now. He'll be heaving up his anchor within a few minutes. I'm approaching the harbour entrance straight away. Yeah, uh, The ship that's on his berth at the moment is leaving. And uh, as soon as he's clear, this one will take over, take his place. So there the pilot is going up yes, now? the pilot's on the there now. Yeah. of course, this is the most dangerous part of the yeah. job for the pilot is getting aboard the ship. Well, as far as my job's concerned, I'd say our part of the job is over. The next thing we do is return back to the pilot jetty and wait for the next job. So, Shields
1: also claims the first lifeboat, rightly or That's wrong.
4: right, yes, that's right. There was a character called William Woodhave who uh, won a competition that was set. By uh, South Shields people, he won a competition for the for the first unsinkable boat, and the boat itself now stands at a monument in South Shields, very close to the Low Top. And uh Woodhav was a famous man. He, he's a legend now in, in South Shields. There's bars named after him, and uh, he's often referred to as a as a as a great Shields man.
0: No account of the pilots of shields would be complete without some statement of the part played by them in the rescue of shipwrecked sailors from the sands and rocks around the entrance to the Tyne.
6: When the vessel is ashore and the tempest sullen roar drowns the cry of the worn and weary sailor all oh, we man the lifeboat quink how high so may break the sea away we speed and quickly hail o oh. throw a line my lads be smart see her thanks begin to start and be rendy with your oars be quick and handy oh for we never wait to see whether friends or foes they be Oh, the South Shields of Pilots are the dandies, oh. For no matter how it blows, how it rains or how it snows, we are always right and ready, quick and handy, oh. And when danger is to brave... Are a human life to save. Oh, the South Shields of pilots are the dandies. Oh, oh, the South Shields pilots are the dandies. Oh.
1: The five boatmen are a time-side phenomenon. The old five boatmen went out in little boats called cobbles, travelling far out into the North Sea, seeking ships. When the ship came into the river, they hooked up and went with it to the quayside where they took the ropes and supervised the docking. This could be a dangerous way of life. Billy Finnick is a retired
3: fireboatman. boatman. It was dangerous all the time, it was just the way we were brought up and you never, you never looked at danger. Oh, I was just a young fella then, there was the one called Andra Heron, he, he went down brigands, just at Brigands, to stitch shields here, he fell off the jetty, he was drowned, there was Geordie Addison, that's uh, since I've uh, that was about 12 month before I retired that'll be about 12 years now him and his Uncle Dick the pilot motorboat run into them on the uh, month of February January February it was snowing it was blizzard it was they were coming down the river and the motorboat was running up and he never see them in the snow shower and cut the boat up and were this were uh, old Dickie Dickie West he was picked up but his nephew, what owned the boat, he was never picked up from his day. Now there was the boat, the boat must have sunk in the river somewhere, down there, him in Brigham and Cowns there. Another chap, he lives just two streets away, Arthur Bourne, he was in the boat, but he, he hung on to the boat, the pilot boat. He got a hold of the pilot boat and he hung on it with a big motor car tyres over four Fenders, and he got his arm in there and he was saved. Uh, they were going to take the pilot out on the Norwegian mailboats, the or the Bremer, one of them. Blenheim, I think it was. But Arthur Moore, he's still alive, he's just retired. But uh, he hung on and the boat was telling him and they didn't know he was there. They were going alongside the ship and the pilot and the captain of the ship shouted down, you've got a man hanging on? They didn't know that would knocked the boat over? Well, they got to the old fellas, the old Dickie West, he was the same age as me. He had been alive now. They got his body, but they was, before they got him ashore he died young Dickie he was never he was never picked up what sort of relationship did you have with pilots well uh, the, my father-in-law my granddad, their father was a pilot got a pilot uh, the brother's a pilot now but he's, he's retired Stevenson they call him yeah, but uh, the, my grandfather died when he was just a young man 50 died in 26 he's only 51 years of age he was a, a full branch pilot time pilot but uh, the when our force went in five boats, the best part of five boatmen then and old men, they were all brothers and cousins and that to the pilots. It's like a pilot's uh, a pilot affair and for five boat affair.
6: When the sea is running high and the tempest sweeps the sky and the night is closing in all dark and dreary. Oh. When the world is all asleep... Then a sharp lookout we keep... For the mariner with watching... Worn and weary, oh... For no matter how it blows... How it rains or how it snows... We are always right and ready... Quick and handy, oh... And when danger is to brave... Are a human life to save. Oh, all the, oh. oh, the south shields' pilots are the dandies. oh all the south shields' pilots are the dandies. All.